welcome back to Rainbow Pridecast. I'm your host, Danielle Dupuy, and I use the pronouns she, her, hers. In today's episode, we speak with Ezra Halstead, Director of Education and Outreach with Free State Justice. Ezra uses the pronouns he, him, his, and they, them, their, so you might hear me use them interchangeably in our exchange. So thanks for joining us today, Ezra. Thank you for having me. Um, so just curious, how long have you been working at Free State Justice? It has been about a year and a half now. So I, I guess at a point where I finally feel like I know a little bit of what I'm doing, but you know, still still new to the org. Okay. And it used Free State Justice, it used to be Equality Maryland, correct? Or yeah, I- so it actually um, was two different organizations that merged together. It was Equality Maryland and then Free State Legal Project. Um, so it was basically a combination of Free State Legal, which is, as unsurprisingly, it is a legal services org. Um, and then Equality in Maryland was more of the advocacy side. Um, so they both merged together, I believe. I want to say it was in 2015, something like that. Um, so Free State Justice is still a relatively new org in itself. Okay. And so do you know what prompted the joining of forces there? So um, from my understanding, and of course, I was not a full-time employee then, um, so don't take everything I say um, to heart. But from my understanding, um, Equality Maryland and Free State Legal worked a lot together on a variety of issues. Um, And I think that, yeah, it totally makes sense. And I think they just realized over time that this made the most sense to merge the work together because it it just was interchangeable and it overlapped a lot. Um, So they just decided, well, you know what, this makes sense to just merge it all into one. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, so, you know, since you've been there a year and a half, what exactly does somebody in your position do as a director of education and outreach? That is a great question. Um, a well, lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Um, because uh, as you can imagine, education and outreach are two very big pillars. Um, and so for me, what that looks like as of right now, and especially during the time of a pandemic, Um, It's a lot of different um, speaking engagements, number one, especially on the education side. So I do a lot um, right now of webinars. That's a really big thing that I've been doing. Um, So trying to make a lot of my trainings um, for different service providers online um, and as engaging as possible, which is a challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, Also just creating different educational materials, know your rights materials for clients, for, you know, the general public. Um, just so, you know, people know what their rights are and what they can and can't do and, you know, all of that. Um, In terms of the outreach side, it's a lot of talking to different organizations that have similar values to Free State um, and and really trying to really gain partnerships with those organizations um, so that we can expand the things we do, um, the people we know of, refer clients to different organizations and services, Um, And then also create partnerships and new programs. Um, So, for example, we have a partnership with Glisten Maryland, um, and we are working with um, really expanding a youth leadership team Mm -hmm. um, to have youth really involved in their school system and getting involved in policy advocacy and things of that nature. Um, So creating those types of partnerships as well is a lot of what I do. So that's in a nutshell. That's awesome. So what, you know, what are some of the services in general that Free State Justice provides? I mean, you talked a little bit about your your position. Yeah. But in general. 
Yeah. Um, so aside from like education and training um, and, you know, providing those services and then reaching out to partners, the outreach part, we also do um, advocacy, a lot of policy advocacy, uh, especially um, during legislative session down in Annapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main services we provide, um, especially to clients, community members, are what is, are the, the pillar is direct legal services. Um, so that is really what Free State Legal Project, when the, they existed, that's what they did. And that's still a really big part of Free State Justice as a legal advocacy organization. So we work on civil matters that arise out of a person's sexual orientation and or gender identity. So that means, for example, if somebody comes to us and says that their landlord is making them move because they found out that they're gay, um, that's something that we can you know, pair them with an attorney and work with them on. If they come to us and say that their landlord's kicking them out and turns out it's because they haven't been paying rent, uh, we can't help with that. Right. Um, so it has to be something that arises out of somebody's LGBTQ status. Um, so we're predominantly working with LGBTQ Marylanders, especially those with lower incomes. And how uh, do you, can you share approximately how many cases that you handle a year? Oh, it's, it's in the hundreds. Um, It's a lot. um, And it kind of depends on the year. And also the pandemic kind of makes this a little weird, uh, a little different than usual. And and one thing to note here is that we have um, a total of seven full-time employees right now. So we're very small. Um, but we have a pro bono attorney network. Um, so for some of the easier, quote unquote, easier cases, such as doing name changes through the court, mm-hmm. um, we often give those to pro bono attorneys and give them you know, what they need to know in terms of how to do this. And that's who we pair our clients with. So they actually work with one of our pro bono attorneys on that. Um, and that way we have a network of over 200 pro bono attorneys in Maryland at, you know, different counties all over Maryland. And so that we can reach and, and really expand our services to more people. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome. definitely in the hundreds. It's, it's, I can't tell you right off the top of my head what it is now, um, but it's a lot of people. And there's a lot of people who just come to get brief legal advice as well, just to maybe they want to do their name change on their own. Um, and that's something you can totally do. You don't need a lawyer to do a name change, but um, just want to know what paperwork to use, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and they can, you know, that also is a huge, you know, reach in terms of a lot of people come to us just for brief advice. Is that and is that a pretty common um, legal advice is to for name changes? Yeah, actually, that's probably the most common thing that we're getting, um, and we have been getting over the past couple of years is from trans and non-binary Marylanders um, really asking for assistance with identity documents in some way. So whether that's a name change to the courts, a legal decree of gender identity through the courts, or just wanting to know how to change, you know, your name or gender marker at different agencies, because each agency has a little bit of a different process, which makes it really cumbersome and stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, That is definitely the main thing that people come to us for. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm sure it gets confusing with all of the different legalese and paperwork and... Yeah, that's the understatement of the year. <laughs> I think I'm doing my taxes. Like, I, oh know. my God. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's really bad. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a little bit about the Pridecast here is I, a lot of what I want to accomplish is to not only highlight real stories and voices from LGBTQ plus folks and allies, 
But also to kind of bring this back to relate to our younger listeners who fall maybe in the middle and high school categories. Yeah. In the age range. And, um, and I kind of also, you know, just want to make sure that they understand that sometimes this journey has a lot of rocky sections, you know, in life, yeah. but there's a lot of awesome things to look forward to and see along the way. Um, so I'm going to ask you to take a little trip down memory lane. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. See if you can rewind a little bit, would you mind talking a little bit about your college experience? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I did look you up a little bit. Um, <laughs> and you are a, very impressive. You have quite a lengthy list of qualifications. Um, you went to Middlebury College, and I was really intrigued by the degree that you received, International Policy and Development and a Dual Concentration in Human Rights and Advocacy and Gender, Power, and Identity. I know. It's, it's a mouthful. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. It really is. I had to just be extra with it. Now, it's, it's been a little while since I was an undergraduate, <clears throat> but um, is it common for colleges and universities to offer concentrations in human rights, advocacy, gender, power, identity? Yeah. So that degree specifically, that actually, um, it's, it, that was my master's degree. And that was through um, what's called the Middlebury Institute of International Studies, which Middlebury College owns them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a graduate degree. Um, I can also, I can, I can talk about that as well. And um, my undergrad, which- Yeah, we want to hear it all. Oh boy, we're telling all. Uh, okay, so let me start with my undergrad, which is Juniata College, um, and that's a, a small private liberal arts college located in basically the middle of Pennsylvania. So not actually too far from Baltimore, um, probably about three hours. But um, there, I had quite an interesting time in college. Um, it, I actually came out as trans my junior year of college. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was a little bit of a late bloomer, um, some might consider me, but it was a it was a tough time, um, both for family members and also just for me um, in general. Um, and there was a lot of different um, movements that were going on at my college at the time for non-discrimination policies that covered both sexual orientation and gender identity. That was not something that existed quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there was a lot of talk around gender inclusive housing and bathrooms, and there was a huge, huge debate that happened on campus. Um, so it was very, um, it was a very tough time to come out. And then also I kind of took the lead on figuring out and how to advocate it for myself and for others on campus. So, so was, that, was that part of the reason why you decided to come out at that time, just because you saw these injustices? I think that's what I think I started getting involved. And I think that made me have like a little bit of an epiphany about myself. um, Because I before that point, I had identified as a lesbian, Mm -hmm. and um, was very out and proud. And uh, I think I just got really more, you know, I grew up in a small town, I didn't even know what the word transgender meant until until probably late high school. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was pretty late before I even understood what that meant. Um, and then didn't really fully understand it until I went to college. So I think the more I kind of read about what being trans means and, and learned about the community, I realized that I am more than just interested in learning about this. This is actually something that is a part of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that kind of really, my personal identity definitely influences, you know, my career path, what I'd been interested in and what I do. And that kind of goes into what, you know, I did in grad school with the unbelievably long concentrations that I did in human rights and advocacy and gender power and identity. It's just 
continuation really of, you know, combining those two things to really focus on LGBTQ advocacy is really what it was. Um, they just didn't have the words for that. Um, so I've been very lucky uh, going to the schools that I've gone to that they have, you know, different types of concentrations and I was able to create my own major in undergrad. And so I really just did whatever I wanted to do, uh, which was amazing for me um, as a as a young person. Um, so I've been very lucky, but it hasn't been easy. That's definitely for sure. Um, There's definitely a lot of tears shed, a lot of complications with getting insurance to cover certain, you know, testosterone and surgeries. And it, it, there was always something to to figure out, always an obstacle. Um, mm-hmm. I was the first person in my county to change my name the way I did, which is the way most trans people do, which is filing an actual petition for a name change. Before that, they've only changed names in marriage uh, in that county in Pennsylvania. So it was a very um, sometimes lonely process, uh, scary, stressful, um, but I, I also have been very lucky at the same time. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's inspiring, I think, to a lot of people too. I mean, you just keep meeting the hurdles and jumping over them. Yeah, um, and I mean, let me just say that I haven't jumped over them gracefully all the time. That is, <laughs> that is definitely not, uh, I don't want anyone to think that. Uh, I definitely have been very... All over the place. Yeah, sometimes I fell down very much. Uh, But I think the important thing is to, you know, make sure you're surrounded by people who care about you and are there to listen, if if nothing else, to at least listen to you and to always remember that you got to pick yourself back up and there will be better things ahead. Uh, It's not always going to be terrible. Uh, Even if it feels like it's going to be terrible forever, I promise you, it really won't be. It really will not be. Now, I'm just curious, when you when you started college, did you think, you know, at all that you would be going into this type of career path or? Oh, boy. Um, I so what I thought was I I had um, really done a lot of work in what's called peace and conflict studies. And that's still a lot of what I do. It's very similar to um, international studies in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of combines concepts from sociology, anthropology, and just, it's very interdisciplinary. Um, and so I, and I still have the dream of becoming a peace and conflict studies professor someday. That's like my long-term yeah. career goal. That's always been my goal. Uh-huh. Um, but I didn't realize how much of an impact my own identity would have on my work and, and really kind of focus like even when I went to grad school and really focused on international policy, yes, yeah. that's a big field and that's mostly like political science and a whole bunch of different things, government stuff. Um, but I still had a focus of, I wanted to know, were there any international LGBTQ rights? What did that look like? Were there international LGBTQ organizations? What are they doing? How are they advocating for this stuff? Um, so I've always... Um, always wanted to combine my personal and professional interests together. And so really I've been, again, incredibly lucky to be at Free State Justice to be doing basically my passion project 24 um, seven. Yeah, so awesome. yeah, I, seriously, I'm really, really lucky. That's fantastic. I, I mean, it's always like a relief, you know, when you get that job, we're just, my kids and I were sitting at the dinner table last night and we were just chit chatting about stuff and, um, my daughter mentioned she's seven. She was just like, gosh, you know, you really have to like work hard. Like, don't you stop working? 
And I'm like, well, the point is, is like when you have a job that you really enjoy, like, you know, you, you take pride in that, you know, like, Hey, I did something good. Like, you know, I got this awesome outcome and you know, that's the whole goal. Like, you know, um, I think it's a little hard to think that far forward when you're seven. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I definitely was not thinking anything like that when I was seven. I I was just like, not, I was busy watching things like Sailor Moon on TV. Oh my gosh. I love that show. Oh my God. I'm still obsessed. If I'm being honest, my entire bedroom was just Sailor Moon stuff. It was absolutely ridiculous. Hundreds of dolls. I think, think yeah. yeah i think they they like remade it a few years ago and i think it's called like sailor moon crystal or something but it's it's still great everyone should watch it i don't care how old you are watch it it's good and don't watch watch the japanese version too because the american version takes out the lesbian relationship and makes them cousins yep okay all right see i don't that's 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 new news. I, I don't really recall too much of the whole show. I just remember I just really loved it. Um, when it's I was so there. good. That should have been a sign that I would be queer in some way. <laughs> that that definitely should have been a sign. I did not pick up on that until way later. <laughs> um, so I, I have a question. Um, insofar as like legal concerns for the LGBTQ plus community, mm-hmm. what is if there's one thing? What oh, is boy. one thing that you wish members of the community would do right now that would have a positive impact on their future from a legal standpoint? Oh my gosh. Um, honestly, the first thing that kind of popped in mind, I mean, first of all, there are so many things, um, but my hope is that everyone, you know, whether or not you are, you just came out or you've been a member of the LGBTQ community for a long time, make sure you are up to date on what your rights are. Um, and, and that could be as simple as like what, you know, at my employer's office, like let's look at their handbook and see, do they cover specifically sexual orientation and gender identity and their non-discrimination policies? Yes, um, we're lucky that in Maryland that we have those covered at a state level, but it's also good to make sure that it's actually written in your employer's handbook. It's also in, you know, for example, your school system actually adopts those policies as well. If you're a student, um, just getting familiar with your local laws as well um, is super important because then it'll help you. It'll, you'll have a tool with you um, when you, you don't know if you need it right now, but you might need it sometime. And it's always good to just keep up to date as much as possible on that stuff. And it always changes too. And language looks different um, depending on where you are. For example, a lot of federal laws talk about sex discrimination. Um, So it doesn't say gender identity per se. It doesn't necessarily always say sexual orientation, but it'll say something like sex. And it has been argued um, by lawyers and a lot of times successfully, sometimes not, that sex discrimination does cover trans people. Um, Now, what I personally think is that that language needs to be updated to be more explicit so that it says this explicitly covers trans people and gender identity. Um, but just knowing the, 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 the type of arguments people make and, and just really trying to invest time and knowing your rights and also trying to get into the head of people who might disagree with you. Because I've found that a lot of my knowledge and a lot of things that I've learned and and talking with people who don't agree with me is I need to understand their viewpoint before I can actually have a productive conversation. 
because it's so easy to get stuck in your own viewpoint and no matter what it is, and you don't listen to what the other side is saying or multiple sides are saying. And so I found that even like going with trainings where I know people aren't going to agree with me and they're not going to believe that non-binary people are real or that's a real thing or, you know, third gender pronouns are ridiculous, whatever. I need to have knowledge on why they might think that. Mm -hmm. And that has provided a lot of, it saved me a lot of grief. It saved me a lot of energy on my end and it's helped me understand people I don't agree with a lot better than I did before. So that was a long answer to your question, but that's what no, I would say. I think that's that's great information for people to know. Um, I mean, you know, I've been fortunate to work where where I have, um, you know, to not have that issue. But you know, other places you might not have that experience. So it's it's good to know, you know, your your company's policies and and yeah. a lot of people that live in Maryland don't work in Maryland. So yeah, you know, they could be working in Virginia or Pennsylvania or somewhere else. Yeah, it's good to know. Yeah, and it's all different everywhere, which is kind of the pain point. Absolutely. Um, so what can allies um, do to support the work of free state justice? Ooh, that is a great question. Um, there are multiple things you can do. Uh, the first being um, educate yourself. Um, that's kind of a big thing that I talk about a lot in any really scenario. And that's probably not surprising because I am a director of education and outreach. Um, but really making sure you're up to date on different terminology and, and the different issues that, you know, the LGBTQ community are facing. Um, for example, Free State has done a needs assessment. It's a, about five years old now. Um, it's located on our website and, you know, it talks a lot about what specifically the Maryland LGBTQ community said was a priority or need that they identified. And so there were different areas, um, for example, talking about healthcare and the different types of issues that kind of come up within healthcare. Um, we got a lot of statistics and results, survey respondents for that um, written in there that's important to educate yourself on those needs. Um, and then I would also say if you like if if you are at a company or organization that, you know, clearly needs some sort of training, um, whether it's just basic 101 or if it's more specific to, for example, like how to work with um, LGBTQ youth in the foster care system, how, how can we, you know, talk more specifically about this particular group of people, um, reach out to us, reach out to me specifically. Um, we can always organize that even during a pandemic, we can figure out a way to get that information to you. Um, mm -hmm. So really reach out and know what LGBTQ orgs are in your area and, and make sure that you have them so that you can, you know, if you find, if you have a friend that's, you know, in the community and needs assistance on something, you know, where to give them information to, you know, talk, to meet with an attorney, to whatever it is. Um, so really connect and educate is what I would say. If you want to reach out um, to me specifically, you can always send me an email. That's probably the best way to reach out to me. I will spell it and hopefully this gets through. Um, it is E-H-A-L-S as in Samuel, T as in Tom, E-A-D as in David, at freestate, F-R-E-E-S-T-A-T-E dash justice. Org. That's my email. Um, and you can always go to our website and I know it's on there somewhere. Um, and our website is freestate-justice.org. 
seriously, reach out anytime via email. That is, I, I love answering emails and I'm always on it. Unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not good at taking a step away from it, but I'm happy to answer any questions, provide resources, anything like that. And Ezra is also going to be um, presenting a session at our HOCO Rainbow Conference and registration is currently open um, from now through next Tuesday, uh, May 12th. Um, so check us out at bit.ly slash HCPSS Rainbow and give us a sign up and attend Ezra's session. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It'll be fast and early in the morning, 10 a.m., but you can do it. It's virtual. Um, you know, I think you have given us a lot of information um, and hopefully people will take you up on the offer and reach out. And this has been super fun. Yeah, I love this. This is actually, full disclosure, my first ever podcast. Um, I've always thought about starting my own just for fun, but this is my first time ever being on one and I really appreciate doing this. I love it. It was really fun. Yeah, it was. So we'll have to, we'll have to chat another time and, uh, and hang out. I'll be here. I mean, I'm currently in my quote unquote office space, which is just a random desk in one of my rooms, in my apartment. So I'll be here. That's right. Um, and I'll be here. The music featured at the start and end of our podcast is Work by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license.